0: good to see you we're glad that you're here and uh, let's of course remember all of the prayer requests that we have and uh, many of them just continue to pray for Miss Lucille Starrett and uh, Miss Lucille is of course under hospice care now and uh, but uh, at the age of 94 and uh, I'll tell you what she's just been a blessing she's been 95 excuse me she has now hit 95 that is correct let me tell you one of the things that would be very helpful. You should have gotten an email from Miss Sandra Gotro um, to just flood her with cards from here. Okay, from folks who know her. I remember when I first met her and Brother Dave, and uh, I tell you what, just a just a sweet couple, and they used to sit right back over in that area, and they were there every every Sunday. And uh, just a blessing, and uh, so just uh, pray for them. Pray for Miss Lucille and the others that we have on our prayer list. There are many of those. We have many that we just need to remember and lift up in our prayers. Miss um, uh, Sherry Mullins and her family. We need to remember them uh, as well as Brother David uh, Ellenberg and Miss Marla. Uh, and th- and there's so many on the list. They just need. Uh, they just need a, a, a touch from God. That's what they need. And uh, I can say this uh, as well, Uh, just God has been faithful to us, and uh, we just thank him so much every day for his faithfulness, amen, Uh, to us. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then uh, uh, I think we were going to read a verse of scripture, have a short devotional, and go home, something like that. Somebody made a comment this morning that we're going to be here for three hours, okay? Uh, I don't understand all of that, but... Anyway, yeah, (laughs) all right, let's, uh, yeah, let's pray, all right? Father, we thank you for the time together here tonight as we gather physically in this place just to worship you, and Father, as we study your word together, I pray tonight that uh, the Holy Spirit would uh, illuminate our hearts and minds uh, to the truths that we need to draw from your word. Father, we pray and ask tonight that you teach us. And Father, as we look at this subject, uh, Father, what and where we should where we should be what 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 part in our lives uh, where it should be in our lives and and Father, how we should live each day in light of it, and so Father, I pray uh, that as we study it together, uh, that our hearts would be encouraged, they would be challenged, Father to understand and realize that the clock is ticking, and Father, there are many folks who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help us, help us to be the disciple that we should be uh, in the kingdom. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All right. Let me start uh, tonight by just kind of um, painting a scenario for you. Um, Over the um, last—I didn't realize how long it had been, but over the last uh, few years— um, we have been through the minor prophets. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember our journey through the minor prophets, but we went through them. Uh, y'all remember ones such as Amos and Obadiah and Micah and Jonah? Okay, you remember those? We went through those. And there's a lot of things that are contained within inside of the minor prophets that oftentimes when we study the minor prophets, it just kind of goes up here somewhere, Okay. Uh, Many folks, when you get started about talking about the minor prophets and you start talking about history and those type of things, most folks don't want to hear anything about history uh, or or those type of things. Just tell us where they need to be placed and what we need to know out of them. And by the way, tonight, before we finish, we're going to one of those minor prophets uh, to look at a portion out of one of the minor prophets. We've been through the book of Daniel. Uh, We spent all of that time going verse by verse through the book of Daniel, specifically chapter number 9. When we went through Daniel chapter number 9, as it is all laid out for us, in Daniel chapter 9, the 70 weeks of Daniel. Uh, The 70 weeks as they are presented, as we look at the 70 weeks of Daniel, understanding and realizing that today we are living in anticipation of the 70th week. And uh, we're in between the 69th week and the 70th week of Daniel, anticipating the arrival of the 70th week of Daniel. When you go through Daniel chapter number 9, you see, of course, the abomination of desolation. Uh, You see all of those things that are going to take place in the book of Daniel. And then you go to Daniel chapter number 12. And the interesting thing about Daniel chapter number 12 is... There are some days that are added to the 70th week. One of them is a 30-day period and one's a 45-day period. Get added to the end of the 70th week of Daniel and so when you when you look at all of that, your mind starts to go, "Okay, so where does all of this fit?" Okay? How do we look at all of this in light of the scripture? And then you come to a book like Ezekiel And you start going through Ezekiel, and verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and all of the things that you find in the book of Ezekiel, and then all of a sudden you hit this magical chapter in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, and all of a sudden everything from there to the end of it changes. Now all of a sudden we move to those things that are going to be yet future, One of those being the Valley of Dry Bones. As Ezekiel was told to preach to the Valley of Dry Bones, God asked Ezekiel the question, Do you believe that these bones can live again? And then, of course, Ezekiel's response was, God, you're the only one who knows the answer to that question. And then we start through the process where we get into seeing what is going to happen with Israel then we come to the end of the book of ezekiel and we see of course the inheritance is it in the land as the land divisions occur in chapter 47 and chapter 48 and we find that during the millennial kingdom that israel is going to occupy every square inch of all of that land from the abrahamic covenant so where does it all fit where do you where do you plug this in well then you leave those and you come to ones like the book of the revelation Just to set the record straight for you, in case you may think that the book of the Revelation flows chronologically, let me go ahead and help you right now. It does not. It does not flow chronologically. Matter of fact, one of the things that you'll find in the book of the Revelation is there are some passages in the book of the Revelation that are what we refer to as parenthetical. They're inserted in there. Okay, And so understanding the book of the revelation and what runs chronologically those things that are inserted and then of course you come into those portions like the mount of transfiguration what peter james and john saw on the mount of transfiguration there were two individuals with jesus on the mount of transfiguration one of them by the name of moses and the other one by the name of elijah one of the other things that you find throughout scriptures, you go through and study. There's always a drawing together of the law and the prophets. Represented, of course, by Moses and represented by Elijah when it comes to the prophets. I will tell you this today, that even in Israel, when you travel in Israel today, Elijah is up here at this level. Matter of fact, when you go into the synagogues over there in Israel... When you walk inside of the synagogue, we had the opportunity to do so, which is a very rare opportunity that they will let a Gentile into the synagogue, but we were allowed to go into one. Setting up in the upper corner on the platform area, uh, there is an area that's up on the platform that is in this absolutely ornate case. And basically what it is is it's a copy of the Torah, of the Torah scroll. And that Torah scroll is read every time they meet together. But off to the side of that is a huge chair that sits over to the side. And guess what that chair is for? And this is what they will tell you. That chair is there waiting for the arrival of Elijah. That's what they're looking for. So what about Moses and Elijah? What about the two witnesses in the book of the Revelation? There are going to be two witnesses those two witnesses are going to stand in the street and those two witnesses are going to witness and testify concerning the things of Jesus Christ matter of fact they're going to be killed in the streets who are they when does that take place when does that happen so on the timeline and on the time frame of all of that where where do you place that on where do you place that on there What about Israel when Israel is driven into the wilderness for protection? You know, at what period in that 70th week of Daniel does that occur? What about the divisions of the 70th week of Daniel? You say divisions? Oh yes, divisions. How about the beginning of sorrows in the first portion of the 70th week of Daniel? And then you have the great day of the lord which we also find in the 70th week so where do all of those fit and how do all of those fit and i can say this probably tonight that many of you sitting here those are questions that you've often wondered in your own heart in your own mind how do you rationalize putting all of this together so that at the end of the day you can look at it and determine that hey God's got this thing under control. These events are going to occur. They're going to occur just the way they are outlined in Scripture. And when you follow the way God has them outlined, they all fit. They all fit. Okay? So what do you do? I mean, how do you start? Where do you start that? Well, let me me give you a starting point. Okay? Let's go take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 9. Okay? hebrews chapter number nine let me give you a starting point okay and here is here is your starting point what is going to kind of kick all of this off what is going to be uh, that portion that is just going to kind of run all of this stuff into process well let me tell you what it is and let me go ahead and say this jesus christ is coming again that's a given okay you say well how do you know he's coming again well let me ask you a question did he come the first time did he come the first time the way scripture said that he was going to come he did matter of fact are you ready for this he was even born in the place that the prophets prophesied that he would be born are you ready for this the prophets also prophesied of which line he would come through did it happen that way yes All of the details surrounding his first coming, did it happen the way the Scripture says that it did? It did. So let me ask you a question. If it all happened that way with his first coming, what makes you think, okay, for his second coming? And let me clarify something here, okay? Let me make sure that we understand. There's the first coming of Jesus Christ. That's his birth. It's called the incarnation, That's where God became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel being his name or God with us. God came to dwell among us. That's his first coming, the incarnate Christ. He is going to return again, but on his next return he will not physically come to the earth. He will come in the clouds, but not physically to the earth. The second coming of Jesus Christ will occur at the end of the 70th week of Daniel to usher in the millennial kingdom. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. So His first coming, prophesied by the prophets that it was going to occur, occurred exactly the way the prophets said that it was going to. Matter of fact, His return to the clouds... Is going to happen just the way that the Scripture says that it is going to. If you paid attention this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, we talked about that a little bit. It's going to happen. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus, when he was sitting with his disciples on the Mount of Olives, one of the things that he did while he was with them, and they came to ask Jesus specifically, Can you tell us when these things are going to be? What is going to be the sign of your coming? And when are these things going to take place? Let me say this to you tonight. Matthew chapter 24 gives us a panoramic view of the 70th week of Daniel and the way things are going to occur. And the way things are going to happen. Jesus shared that with his disciples there on the Mount of Olives and went through all of that with him. The second coming... It's going to occur just the way the Scripture says it's going to occur. He's coming back, and guess what? He is physically going to come back and step foot back on the face of this earth. He is going to plant one foot on the Mount of Olives and the other foot in the city of Jerusalem. It will cave in amongst itself. It will split and divide, spoken of specifically by the Scripture, knowing exactly the way that that is going to occur so i can say this to you tonight jesus christ is coming again and we know that the clock is ticking hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28 i want you to notice as the writer of the of the book of hebrews and if you've never if you've never paid attention to this you ought to tonight because you ought to underline it and highlight it in your bible okay And let's do this so that you get the full context of it. Let's start back up in verse 23. Therefore, it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, But into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He is our high priest, seated at his right hand tonight, making intercession on our behalf. That's where he is. Verse 25, Nor was it that he would offer himself often, as the high priest enters the holy place year by year, with blood that is not his own. Otherwise he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, at the consummation of the ages, he has been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, here it comes, will appear a second time For salvation without reference to sin, to those who eagerly await him. He is coming again. Verified with us by the scripture. There is no doubt that he is coming again. And you can rest assured and you can mark it down. It's going to happen. And I know people ask this, I hear this all the time. When? Unfortunately, we can't answer that question. I can say this to you tonight. One of the things that I honestly do believe, and this is my own personal opinion, okay, my own personal opinion, I believe we're getting close. That doesn't—I'm not saying that <clears throat> next week he's going to return, okay, but I honestly do believe he's getting cl- that it's getting close just watching the world situation and what is taking place in light of the scripture I believe we're moving closer I believe the clock is ticking substantially quicker but but don't let anyone deceive you don't let anyone fool you by saying that we have determined and we have calculated it down to the day and the hour when he is going to return. Just remember what the scripture says. No one knows the day or the hour of the coming of the Son of Man except the Father himself. And when God determines that it is time, it will occur. And then it will occur then. Take your Bibles. Let's go to Second Peter <clears throat> 2 Peter chapter 3 and, and, and verse number 1. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 1. I hear this, I hear this a lot. <clears throat> so how do believers, so, so, so what do we as believers do? Well, here's one of the things we need to do. We need to understand that it's going to happen and then we need to live in light of that. And what do we mean live in light of that? <clears throat> do you realize that when he returns, it's over, it's too late? when he returns. So what we have been given to do, in the task that we have been given to do, you know, a lot of people, okay, <clears throat> they travel around, boy, they go from prophecy conference to prophecy conference. They eat up prophecy <laughs> they go through. And let me share one thing with you. Be careful. Be careful with prophecy. The Bible is very clear on what it's clear on, okay? And it is silent and quiet on what it's silent and quiet on. And unfortunately, what happens today, we like to put a lot of speculation in there. We like to insert a lot of things in there and take literary license with a lot of it. Don't do that. So how do we live in light of this? Understanding and realizing that he's going to return, what should we be busy doing? Telling folks about the gospel and sharing the gospel with him second peter chapter 3 verse 1 it's interesting when you read <clears throat> this passage of scripture because it's something that peter had to deal with and peter heard it and he dealt with it uh, it's recorded for us which is interesting verse 1 and verse 2 of second peter chapter number 3 and notice what peter writes here this is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. Oh, by the way, that sounds almost like he did in his first letter. Matter of fact, when you go read his first letter, one of the things that Peter wrote about was stirring up their remembrance to get them and to remind them of things, to remember some things. And so what was it that they needed to remember? Well, verse number 2 that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Now, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I want you to notice how Peter incorporated and included all of it from the prophets, from the commandment of Jesus Christ himself and the teachings of Christ down through the teaching of the apostles. You see all of that in verse number 2. The prophets, Jesus himself, and the apostles. So he said one of the things that you need to pay attention to is to remember the words spoken by all of them. And what is that? Well, verse 3. And here's the reason that they need to be reminded of it. And this is the reason that they, they need to understand this. And, you know, Peter's linking the prophets and the apostles together in verse number 2 is interesting. Matter of fact, he placed them on the same level of authority. And you say, well, has that ever happened in the scripture before? It has. Hold your place right here in 2 Peter, and, and let's go to Ephesians. Just go back to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> because i want you to notice something else that's interesting i'm going to make a connection here between what peter wrote and what paul wrote to the church at ephesus so i want you to notice in ephesians chapter number two beginning in verse 19 and notice what paul wrote ephesians chapter two and verse 19 So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Now look at verse 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the who? And the prophets. Peter said you need to remember the words of the prophets and of the apostles. And my dear friend, I have said this over and over and over from this pulpit. And let me say it again tonight, okay? I shared it in a meeting that I was in this afternoon. It started at 3.30. You know, and and I hear this and I understand this. But if you want to fully understand the New Testament, you need to have a good understanding of the old. For cases just like this, Why is it so important to remember the words of the prophets? Let me tell you why. Because they prophesied all that was coming. And get this. They've also prophesied stuff that is still yet to come. That has not yet been fulfilled. And there's only one way that we'll ever know that is to go back and study to see what the prophets have said. I'm going to show you an example of that tonight. To see that there are still things written by the prophets that have not been fulfilled because when the prophets wrote they not only dealt with things that were fulfilled in the present speaking of things from the past fulfilled in the present but they also spoke of things that would not be fulfilled until the future that were yet to come and there are some writings in the prophets that deal with the millennial kingdom and there are some who deal with the eternal state Are you ready for this? The millennial kingdom hadn't happened yet. And I don't think we're in the eternal state. If it is, we've all missed the boat, okay? We have all missed the boat. So notice what Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 3. Notice what Peter goes on to write. He said, know this first of all, that in the last days... Mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. There's a fancy word we hear that we we see in verse 3 and verse number 4. I'm just going to give it to you. Don't try to worry about it. Okay, it's just one that they use. It's called uniformitarianism. How many of y'all knew that was a word uniformitarianism that's what it is what it's called so what is it well here's what they believe and here's what they say well things have done this since time that we have history and record of and nothing has really changed so therefore since nothing has really changed and everything has been in the state of uniformity over the past years things therefore will remain the same that's what Peter was dealing with in his day. So here's what he says. He says they're going to come with their mocking, following after their own lusts. Verse 4 and saying. And here comes into play what I just said. So where's the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, the fathers let me tell you who he's talking about there Abraham and Moses Jacob and Isaac and all the patriarchs okay they've all died and ever since they all fell asleep notice their next statement everything continues just as it was from the beginning of creation So what makes you think anything is going to change? Are you ready for this? Here it comes. God is going to bring it to a close. I can tell you right now tonight, it is not going to continue for infinitum. It is going to come to an end. Now I will say this. The eternal state will continue for all of eternity. So verse 5 of 2nd Peter. My goodness, is it that time already? And this is just the introduction. 3 hours we might get there. Okay. Verse 5. For when they maintain this, It escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long before, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice. Beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Please don't take that verse out of context. Let me tell you what it means. Here's all Peter is writing. God is not bound by space nor time. That's what that means. Peter says you can't place God in that box because God won't fit there. So God is the one who is orchestrating all of this. God is the one who's putting all of this together. The scoffers wanted to push their argument as far back as possible. So guess what they do? So they refer to our fathers, literally the fathers, Old Testament patriarchs going all the way back to the beginnings of creation. That's where they go back to since nothing has happened in all of this time. Mocker's reason, why expect the Lord's return now? Are you ready for this? (laughs) I've heard that today. Really? Y'all been preaching that mess for years. So where is he? Hold on. He's coming. He is coming again. Here's something else we need to hold on to and understand. God the creator is also God the judge. God the creator is also God the judge. In his sovereign will, any change in process, Please listen to me. Any change in process can occur at any time. Why? Because he designed it. And he controls the natural processes. Why? He created it. And My friend, do you understand? He created you. God controls the clock, not you and I. And every one of us in this building tonight who are watching online, here's something else that we need to hold on to. We need to be thankful tonight that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what we should be thankful for. In absolute sovereignty, God set his plan and purpose in motion. And we find it recorded in his word. Ha! Ha! We get to go back to the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. Let's go back to the minor prophet Amos. All right, let's go back to the minor prophet Amos. Matter of fact, if you find Obadiah, just go back. Go back to the left one book and you will find Amos. Okay, let's go to the book of Amos. If you can find Joel, Joel is tucked between, or Amos is tucked between Joel and Obadiah. Okay, I still hear pages rustling and I still see people scrolling. Amos chapter number 9. Amos chapter number 9. Matter of fact, the very last chapter and we're going to read the last 13 from the last few verses, from verse 13 down through verse 15. Amos chapter number 9, verse 13 through verse 15. Notice what it says. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman will overtake the reaper, the treader of grapes, and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed, when the mountains will drip sweet wine, All the hills will be dissolved. Also I will restore the captivity of my people Israel. And they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will also plant vineyards and drink their wine. And make gardens and eat their fruit. I will also plant them on their land. And they will not again be rooted out from their land. Which I have given them, says the Lord your God. That's future. That is still to come. And my dear friend, that's exactly what God is going to do. And that's exactly what is going to take place. So, what about this one called the Antichrist? Who is he what will he look like where will he come from what will he do well we know from Daniel chapter 9 in verse 27 the sin of Adam in the garden of Eden will have its last hurrah in the temple that will be built in Jerusalem and guess what's going to happen The Antichrist at the midpoint of the 70th week of Daniel is going to raise himself up in the temple. And he is going to break the agreement with Israel that he made at the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel. He's going to break it. He's going to raise himself up in the temple. That's who he is. It's called the abomination of desolation. And really what does all of that mean? And we're going to get into all of that and the oblation will cease or the evening sacrifice is going to come to a close, is going to come to an end. So what does all of that mean? Where does it all fit? What's going to happen as a result of the Antichrist? Let me share this with you tonight. It will be the final attempt to enthrone man in the place of God it will be the final attempt to enthrone man in the place of God that's coming that's all of the things that are going to happen so what kicks all of this off how how do we place all of this together well just hold on I'm going to provide for you through a series of notes and charts as we make our way through all of this. I'll provide them for you. that basically lays the stuff out as we go through the Scripture. Okay? Based on the Scripture and places where we can actually place things. Okay? And so you will have that to look at as we walk through all of this from here but Jesus is coming again at the time of the rapture when the bride of Christ is brought to be with the bridegroom How many? let me ask you a question how many of y'all have ever wondered about the marriage supper of the lamb huh have you ever wondered where the marriage supper of the lamb is going to take place when is the marriage supper of the lamb going to happen Let me ask you another question. Are you going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb? (laughs) Are you sure, Brother Tommy? What about the judgment seat of Christ? When does that happen? At what point in the time frame? What about the 144,000 witnesses? 12 from 12 tribes. Did you know that two tribes are missing in that list? What happened to them? Why aren't those two tribes listed? Did you know that goes back to the Old Testament? It was prophesied they would be missing. Isn't that amazing? So those are some of the things that we're going to go through in place as we look at all of this. What about the Battle of Armageddon? Huh? How many of y'all like riding horses? How many of y'all can't stand to ride a horse? Let me ask you this way. How many of y'all have never ridden a horse in your life? Well, hang on.. <laughs> Hallelujah. can you imagine can you imagine all of those things that we have ahead of us? What about Israel though? What happens to Israel during this time? Huh? Ooh. Hmm. let me ask you a question what happens, at the, what happens at the great white throne judgment why is the marriage supper of the lamb why will it be such an event for us let me ask you a question how many of y'all are familiar with Jewish weddings and betrothal periods if you want, if you want to understand what's going to happen you need to understand that process And, oh, by the way, we're going to go through that process in detail so that you can see the way all of this will flow out. That's just to whet your appetite, okay? Those are the things that are coming that we're going to go through and look at. Amen? That's just an introduction for what we have to look forward to, all right? I don't know about you, okay? Okay? somebody said well brother robert what if you're totally wrong and i said well all i'm going to do is give you what the scripture says so if if it's all wrong then i don't know but i can say this all right i'm going to be there and if i'm totally wrong So be it, I'm still going to be in his presence anyway. Amen. But I'll tell you what we're going to do, though. But we're going scripture by scripture, verse by verse, as we look at it. Amen. And his word is always true. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's stand and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. What a good looking crowd tonight Here's what I want you to do invite somebody, bring somebody with you next Sunday night, okay? As we start into more detail. I will have the first chart for you next Sunday night. And when you get it, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, where's the rest of it? It'll start square one, and then we'll move across. And as you come, you'll get to fill it in, okay? Uh, As you'll get the next pages as they fill in with each other. All right? All right. Let's bow our heads, we'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll go. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for your word. And, Father, as we look forward with great anticipation of what it's going to be like one day to be with you. But, Father, we also understand and realize the task that we have been given to do here. And so, Father, may we be found busy about the Father's business. May we take the good news of Jesus Christ. And, Father, if we hide it, who have we hid it from but those that are lost? Father, I pray that you would give us a burden for lost people. Father, help us to see them where they are. And, Father, to to share the good news that Jesus brings. So, Father, I pray that you would dismiss us now with your love. Keep us safe as we travel to our homes. Father, may we be the disciple that you've called us to be when we walk out these back doors of this building. We ask it all in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Just give them to one of us in the staff.